Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you ever stumble around in the dark? I have like a multitude of stories of stumbling around in the darkness resulting in ruinous consequences. Um, tripping over furniture, stubbing toes, breaking various objets d'art that we have about the house. When uh, Kelly and I were first married, we were out at Home Depot getting something, and, and I picked up some epoxy or crazy glue, some of that. I'm an artisan with both of those. Anyway, uh, she's like, what's that for? It's like, it's just good to have around the house. I mean, we need to have it. I had like three little trinkets at that point I had broken, so I had to fix those. Anyway, uh, you, you stumble around in the dark and, you know, you stumble around. I mean, that's why. You can't see where you're going. And as dangerous as it can be to your person to be stumbling around in the dark, literally, uh, there is another type of stumbling around in the dark that we do, which is spiritual darkness. And that's also literally spiritual darkness that we stumble around in. And it's a lot more dangerous. That's the point of our gospel lesson today. That there are earthly consequences to walking in spiritual darkness. Uh, Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Uh, Who sang the, the song with that, thy word? Amy Grant, yeah, I knew it. I, I had that song, like it's in my head. You know, it was popular in the, I don't know, 80s, 90s back then. Anyway, but indeed, God's word is a light to our path. And those who are without God's word stumble through life, not seeing things properly, not seeing things as they should. Casual sex, what's wrong with that? Recreational drugs, alcohol, what's, what's wrong with that? As long as you don't get behind the wheel of a car, this is one of my very frustrating uh, uh, pet peeves, I guess, is, is that there's this idea that as long as you don't get behind the wheel of a car, there's nothing else that, that's bad that can happen from you being intoxicated. No, there's lots of things that can go wrong besides just wrecking a car. I mean, that is certainly devastating and does have devastating consequences. But there's lots of other things that are devastating that happen from, uh, from that. But uh, that's foolishness. I mean, that's just, it's, it's foolishness. Some people have learned through experience that there are certain things that the world would tell you are okay or acceptable, and they learn from experience that's not okay. That doesn't work. Um, you know, some people learn the hard way. Or some people listen to God's word and hear what he says and believe it with faith. Believe it as though, oh, you know, God really is saying that to me. Like, avoid these pitfalls. And they don't have to learn it the hard way. They learn it uh, the easier way. Why? Because they are looking at God's word as a lamp to their path, as, as a light by which they are guided. A light that shows us the difference between right and wrong. 
God's commandments are clear. Don't commit adultery. That rules out casual sex. Don't get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. Rather, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's Ephesians 5. So drunkenness is not okay, even if you don't get behind the wheel. I say all this simply to demonstrate that God's word is a lamp to guide us in this present life. Anyone who denies that or turns away from it will rest assured eventually they will learn the foolishness of that course. And these are also some straightforward examples. You know, this is pretty low-lying fruit. Uh, It's shocking that in some churches they can't even touch this low-lying fruit. That's too controversial. We don't want to talk about homosexuality or extramarital affairs or uh, drunkenness or whatever. We don't want to talk about that. We might turn people off. That's shameful. That's a light to our path. Why would we not speak of these things? God's word is clear. So shame on that preacher who doesn't clearly say those things. But is that all? Is that all that the light is? Is, uh, Are we to be found righteous because of our following the light and doing the things that God has revealed in his word? Well, think about it this way. Where does sin come from? All these external influences telling me what to do? Well, that can contribute to it, but Jesus said it's out of the heart that comes sin. You don't, uh, you are not a sinner because you've sinned. You sin in the first place because you are a sinner. Since the fall, you're a sinner. God's word never stops shining the light on our transgressions. So if you ever happen to have the feeling that you've arrived at (laughs) self-righteousness, if you ever do feel that way, well, as Jesus said, there's still one thing that you lack. Remember? Oh, there's just one thing that you lack. Of course, he wasn't, you know, there was many things that that rich young ruler lacked, but That was Jesus' way of saying, you know, oh, oh yes, you've kept all the law. There's just this one thing you lack. Go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor and follow me and you'll have treasure in heaven. The point is not that, oh, well, there's just this one more law you need to keep. The point is there will always be one law that you need to keep. There will always be one law you've transgressed. There will always be that. So your righteousness can't come through your keeping of the law. We aren't perfect and we know it. We sin and we fall short. We know that that is the testimony of all humanity. All humanity falls short. The light shows us, it is a guide for us, but it also is the light that you see yourself in the mirror of God's law. So the light shines on you and you go, oh, I guess that's not really the way I ought to be going. It reveals that to you. And why? So that we can walk in the light and walk to self-righteousness? Is that what Jesus was uh, coming to, to tell us? 
Hey, everybody, I have the light that you need to walk in so that you can attain righteousness. If that were the case, then Jesus would be a new Moses. And he was not a new Moses. Moses gave the law. We have it. We know what it is. Jesus is so much more, far more than a lawgiver. John came to bear witness to the light. The Pharisees sent men to John to inquire as to who he was. When they asked, who are you? Notice that they didn't say, are you the Messiah? They just said, who are you? And John responded, how? He said, I'm not the Messiah. In other words, he heard in that question, who are you? A sort of hint at, are you the Messiah? And John said, no, I'm not the Messiah. Well, are you Elijah? No, I'm not Elijah. Now, does that create some confusion? Because there is that part where Jesus said, if you will have it, John is Elijah. Uh, It might create some confusion. John's not saying that he's not fulfilling that role. He's more saying, look, you're asking the wrong question because the subject of your question is me and the subject of your question should not be me. It should be the one who comes after me. That's the light. I'm not the light. I came to point you to the light. And he says, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Jesus of Nazareth, that's the Messiah. That's the one that has long been promised. Jesus is the hope and the consolation of Israel. And Jesus is the only one that they can turn to for salvation. So these uh, emissaries of the Pharisees who had come to ask of John and inquire of him, who are you? The answer to their question is, don't worry about it. Don't worry about me. Look at the one I'm testifying to, the light, the true light, the one who is the consolation for you and for all the ends of the earth, for all nations. That's Jesus, the Messiah. So on this third Sunday of Advent, rejoice. Walk in the light of Christ. And that is to say, don't misunderstand what I mean when I say walk in the light of Christ. Oh, yes, yes, I walk, do all the right things, earn my righteousness. No, I'm not saying that. Walk in the light of Christ, that is to say, as you sojourn in this land, walk with your Redeemer, Jesus Christ. He is the one who takes away your sins the one who has prepared an eternal home for you. As you walk, remember that and know that. Of course, it does direct how we go. If we believe that it's God's word to us, we're going to listen to it and and follow the precepts God has laid out a little bit better than we otherwise would have. Sure, sin is still tugging at us. That's what makes it a struggle with sin in this mortal life that we live. But the eternal life of walking with Christ means hearing his word and believing the promise that Jesus Christ has been given for your sins. That's the good news. That's the light that John is shining. That's the light that John is pointing to. All those who are dead in their sins and trespasses, all those who have a contrite heart, look at the light. The light is coming forward as Jesus Christ. In Christ, you are forgiven. 
That is, and that's what the light of Christ is, is to see that forgiveness and know that in him, your salvation is secured. So walk in that light. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.